0: I'm pulling up my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for the drive to work. Okay. Today, I just got back from vacation and I have a story to tell you. So this uh, podcast, i am themed things that didn't go according to plan. So I'm gonna share with you the story of my vacation and then interspersed with that, I'm gonna talk about different things that I've done where designs didn't go according to plan. Uh, as you could get the hint that my vacation did not go according to plan. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell my story about my vacation, but intersperse it with stories from other sets. So we start with my vacation. Okay, so the, the let me start with the preamble to my vacation. So um, my oldest daughter, Rachel, is in college. Um, and so my wife, my, my Laura, was planning our next family vacation. And so it seemed like the summer was the best time to do it because Rachel was off school and the kids were off school and um, the the kids' uh, Rachel's schedule and Adam and Sarah's schedule don't always line up based on when they're on or off school. So um, the plan was that Rachel was working all summer long, but uh, she had a little bit of time before her job started, and it turned out that the kids' school ended... um, a week before Rachel's job started. So the idea originally was we were going to go on a vacation uh, in June. So the kids' school, would end, Adam, Adam and um, Sarah's school would end, and there was a week before Rachel's job started and that we could do our vacation. Okay, so the magic uh, story I'll tell now is Tempest. So Tempest was the first set I ever did. Um, and I was very excited to do it. Um, for those who don't know, the, the, the quick version of the story was I got hired as a developer, but I really wanted to be a designer. And so I had learned that Richard Garfield had not worked on any magic design since Arabian Nights and that uh, he is eager to work on something again. And so I went to the powers that be and said, hey, Richard interested, is interested in working on a set. I would love to lead a set, and Richard said he'd work with me. What if I did a set with Richard? And they're like, well, Richard will be on the set. I go, yeah. They go, okay. And they let me pick, pick the rest of my team. Uh, I picked Mike Elliott, and I picked Charlie Catino as well as me and Richard. Um, anyway, we were a bunch of people that had a lot of ideas. Mike and I were both very interested in being designers, that we hadn't yet sort of had a chance to prove ourselves. Um, Richard hadn't worked on anything since um, Arabian Nights. And Charlie had been on the Mirage team, but hadn't really been on a team since the Mirage team, a uh, design team. Um, So we had a lot of ideas, a lot of ideas, so much so that when I turned in the original version, uh, it just was overrunning with stuff, Uh, overrunning. Uh, And then I was told, you have too much stuff. You have to take stuff out. There's too much stuff here. And so interestingly, the next year set, which is Urza Saga, um, both um, Echo and Cycling were both things that were originally in Tempest. Uh, Tempest also had a Poison theme. It, it was chock full of stuff. And so all the stuff that Tempest ended up being was in Tempest. So it wasn't that we didn't make, we made Shadow, we made Buyback, you know, all the things that ended up being there. But we just, I was just so excited and I had a team that had so many ideas that when I turned it in originally, it was overrunning. Okay, back to my, back to my vacation story. Okay, so we were all set to go on vacation in uh, the beginning of summer. Except, uh, in the winter, in, I think it was like February, we had what they referred to here as snowmageddon. Um, we had a giant snowstorm, uh, and we, the kids were out of school for a whole week. Um, in fact, it started on a Friday. The, the, the kids got out of school early on Friday, and we had to drive down to pick them up because uh, it wasn't their normal bus stop. It was like at the bottom of the hill. We live on a hill. And um, we went to get them, and while we were picking them up, snow started falling, and we almost didn't make it back up the hill. Snow was falling at such a fast rate. But anyway, we made it up the hill. We were stranded in the house for a while. The kids were, didn't have school. So the reason that matters is the way um, Seattle doesn't handle snow all that well. There's not a lot of snow in Seattle. It happens infrequently. So the infrastructure to deal with snow just isn't there. And so once snow fell, I mean, the the first snowfall we had, the beginning of it, probably would have shut a lot of schools. It, It was a pretty hefty snowstorm. But the fact that it took about a week I mean, there was still more snow, but it took about a week to clean everything up and be able to get access to people. And because of the infrastructure in Seattle is not really made for snow, like Cleveland would have cleaned it up in a day because we got a lot of of snow in Cleveland. Um, Anyway, it meant that we were out for a week. The reason that matters is the way they set up the school is that there's so many days built in and the kids have to go to school so many days. And there's a couple days like, you know, it's a teacher's day, but if they need to, they can make it a school day. But anyway, they had so many school days, so many snow days that school got pushed back a week. and so we lost our window to go on vacation. But luckily, luckily, um, Rachel's job ended one week before she had to be at school. And so we figured out we found this cruise that was going to the Eastern Caribbean um, that left. And what it meant was, we would go on the cruise, we would come back, the day we would leave on a Sunday, we'd get back on a Sunday, and the day we get back, we'd have to fly directly to Chicago so that we could drop Rachel off. Rachel's school started on Tuesday. So we would get there on Sunday, we would try to move her in on Monday, and then Tuesday, school was going to start. So we said, okay. Um And the good news was, Laura has been doing, um she loves watching a lot of different, like, uh... Um, like uh, home buying type shows, and there's a whole a whole uh, series about buying homes in the Caribbean. And so she'd watch a lot of those shows, and just she got to know the different islands. And so we were going to, I think, Saint Martin and Saint Thomas. So she studied them and learned all about them and did a lot of research, so that when we went there, you know, we could sort of see all these cool things that the islands had to offer. Okay, my next story, Fifth Dawn. So this was one of the ones where. The way uh, sets used to work is we'd make up the first set, we'd leave ourselves a little room to play with mechanics, but we sort of, we wouldn't, we didn't block out the whole set like we would later do. We later would design blocks as whole blocks. This is back in the day where we made a set, made another set, made another set. So Fifth Dawn was the third set in the Mirrodin block. But what happened was we, Mirrodin kind of broke. And we, between Mirrodin and Darksteel, we did a bunch of things that we, like, we figured out by Fifth Dawn that we, like, that affinity was going a little off the rails. And so when I was starting Fifth Dawn Design, I was told, um, okay, um, we did a bunch of things in Fifth Dawn, sorry, a bunch of things in Mirrodin. and we did more of it in Darksteel. We can't do those things. The major themes of the set, uh, affinity, you know, Maybe you can have one or two affinity cards, but nothing major, nothing that's going to further break things. Um, and the whole Artifact Matters theme that was so integral to what the set was, yeah, we got to kind of pull back on that. And so we started the set with, okay, you have to make a third set in the Mirrodin block, but try not to do anything. All the themes that Mirrodin was about, yeah, none of those, all of those are off limits. Um, and so that was quite the challenge. It was kind of like, we had, to feel in, we had to feel like we were part of the mirrored block, but in a way that wasn't pushing in where all the broken stuff was happening. Um, and so that's what ended us down the path of Sunburst, of the idea of, well, what if we made a turn? This was one of the first sort of sharp turns of a third set, where we said, okay, you've been playing artifact sets, and one of the things about artifact sets is you have a little more freedom with your colors. Well, what if the last set really cares what you playing colors. In fact, want you playing as many colors as you can. Now, the way you can tell that we did not plan this ahead of time is, had we done a block planning, we would have been able to sort of see the things we needed to make this work. You'll notice there's a few things in dark steel, but there's nothing in Mirrodin. I mean, you can tell by the design of Mirrodin that Mirrodin had no idea this was going to happen, because we literally didn't know it was going to happen. Um, but we found some ways to do things, and we ended up having this little theme book caring about small artifacts. What we called cogs, which are artifacts that cost one or less. Um, and so we found some ways to play in themes that were matched the tone of Mirrodin, but in places that were a little safer and not quite as problematic. And so Thifton um, really, we had to reinvent sort of how it could be a Mirrodin set in a way that was still an artifact set, but not in a way that was going to cause problems with the other stuff. Okay, back to my vacation story. Okay, so we booked this vacation um, on um, the last week. <coughs> the last week of um, the summer. And like I said, we literally were flying to Chicago because it was it was so butting up to the very last week that Rachel, we were getting into... We were, we were going in and out of Florida. Uh, port Canaveral, I think it's our actual port. And... Um, We were going to have to go from Orlando to Chicago on Sunday. And like I said, Rachel's school is starting Tuesday. So we'd have a day to move her in. So very little room for error. Okay, so we get on the ship, and the ship has an app. Um, You know, the ship has an app. So it's something that tells you about what's going on, what the schedules are. And one of the functions is it'll also tell you what days you're at sea and what days you're at port. So the very first thing when we get on the ship, we look on and we see a listing of the ports and it lists different ports. Like, we were supposed to go... So the first place we were going to go is, is the place, um, which, which was the island that the, the ship the ship had. The, uh, the big thing now for, for those that don't cruise is in the Caribbean, all the major um, cruise lines have kind of bought a tiny island and made it their own island and that one of the stops is you go to their island. Um, so we were going to stop there uh, and that that was still that was still going to happen, but we were supposed to go to Saint Thomas and Saint Martin, and instead it said Cozumel, which is in Mexico, uh, Costa Costa Maya, I think it was, which is also in Mexico, and someplace in um, Honduras, I think. Um, I forget the name of the, of the place, but anyway, the w- Western Caribbean, not the Eastern Caribbean, the Western Caribbean, and we're like, what What is going on? Uh, and that's when we saw somebody we'd been standing in line next to a guy named steve and steve walks by and steve seemed to be in the know and he goes oh here's what's going on there's a hurricane hurricane dorian and the hurricane is um scheduled to come hit the eastern caribbean so we're going to go to the western caribbean that's why the the ship made a a last minute you know in order so one of the things real quickly so for those who don't know much about hurricanes and cruise ships hurricanes at their fastest can move maybe 14, 15 miles an hour. Um, the cruise ships can move about 22 miles an hour. So, um, it's actually pretty safe to be on a cruise ship because they have all the systems to monitor weather and they have the ability to move faster than the weather can move. So, yeah, they were well aware that there was this, this... I mean, at the time, I think it was a hurricane. I think it was a tropical storm. Um, but... It had the potential to become a hurricane, obviously it would become a hurricane. Um, and so they're like, "Okay, this could be problems. We want smooth, literally want smooth sailing. So we're going to change our itinerary." But and Laura was a bit bummed because she had done a lot of research on the places we were going to go. Um, but like, okay, we, you know, we want to stay safe. We don't want to go where there's bad weather. So okay, I guess I guess we got a new itinerary. Okay, next up is the story of Ravnica. So the idea I had with Ravnica was. I was trying to be not invasion. Invasion was five color magic. So I decided to be multi color that was away from five colors possible. I came up with the idea of two color. So I said, okay, well, what if all 10 two color combinations show up? And so the very first play test, uh, I'd come up with hybrid. And so we did a play test that had all 10 two color pairs, including hybrid for all the 10 two color pairs. And it was mind melting. Uh, like, for example, the number of piles you had to make you had to make piles for each of the mono colors you had to make piles for each of the multicolors, you had to make piles for each of the hybrid colors, um, you had piles for artifacts and lands maybe. The so bare minimum, you were making like 26, 27 piles. It was just... <laughs> I remember Henry Stern um, had said to me that he goes, you know, R&D, I mean, R&D is a bunch of, of former pros, right? Good Magic players. <coughs> and <R> and, um, <coughs> one second <coughs> <coughs> God, let me have some water Henry said it was the most mind-melting deck build he had ever done and that I knew if R&D was having problems building their deck like if, at R&D I mean we we play this with crazy stuff all the time like we're we're fine-tuned to deal with the weird <coughs> and the different we couldn't handle it. And so my plan was thrown in a rye. Like the idea of doing 10 two-color sets uh, and doing hybrid is just too much. And so we had to come up with a plan and... (coughs) One second, I I (coughs) apologize. While on the ship, I think I caught a small cold. Okay. Um, So we had to come up with a way to do things differently. And while I had come up with a two-color pair idea and pass it along to Brady Dominus who is the creative director of the lead of the creative team he came back with this idea of the guilds of what if we represented each group as like there were factions in the world and there were ten factions and then once I realized that idea I then pitched the idea of here's how we solve the problem let's not do all ten two-color pairs at once it's too much what if we broke them up and um, this was beginning... Uh, graphic was the first block that I led as head designer. And I was really into the idea of block planning. That I wanted to think about how all the sets would work together. So I came up with what I call the pie method is what if we make something and break it up and divvy it along the whole year? So instead of having all ten two-color pairs, we would do four, then three, then three. The big set would have four. Two small sets, would each have three. Um, and this at the time was considered kind of crazy. Like, I remember the there's a lot of talk within uh, development at the time about was that possible, was that draftable, how would players handle the idea, like, oh look, you know, I love playing you know, black green, oh good the first set has black green in it, but the second and the third set don't have any of it, none of it you know, or I love, you know white blue, well the first set has none of it the second set has none of it, and only the third set do I get anything Um, and that was pretty radical, but I said trust me, let's see if we can make this work I, I think we can make this work Obviously, we did. Okay, so we now learn that we are not going to the ports we thought we were going to. But, okay, we're going to make the best of our vacation. Um, Laura and I, interestingly, had brought a book all about the Eastern Caribbean, and then we were going to the Western Caribbean. So we went, we talked to Steve a little bit. Steve had actually been to some of these islands, so we got a little bit of, of uh, some expertise. We got to talk to someone who, who knew the islands. And, um, but anyway, you know, we're going to make the best of our vacation. Um... Okay, so... I don't know. So, the, we, we ended up going to their island. Um, we had a lot of fun. Um, there definitely was... Um, there were some storms off in the horizon. We actually... My, my, my girls were going to do um, uh, zip lining and they it got delayed for an hour because of, there was lightning. So, you could see a little, little hintling of there's some storms in the distance. Um, but we had a great time. Um, they, had, they, they had a, like a water park there and we went down the tallest water slide in North America, at least uh, the girls and I did, my, Adam and my wife would have nothing to do with that. Um, anyway, we had a good time. So that was the one stop we had planned. Um, and sometime, maybe the next day or day after that, there was talk about, um, that, uh, Dorian, not only was Dorian going to hit the East Coast, as I said, the Eastern, um, Caribbean, but it, at some point it was looking like it was going to hit Florida. And so there were some rumors starting to go around that um, we might not be able to... um, Like, originally our thought was, oh, the hurricane, it looks like it's going to hit... We were watching the the weather. And like, oh, well, they think it's going to hit like Sunday night. Okay, well, good. We'll get in Sunday morning, get off the thing. The other people, they'll get out of the way. Um, And we thought, like, oh, you know, we're watching the storm. Like, okay, it seems like it's delayed enough that we can get in and get out. But it turns out that uh, when uh, a hurricane... So, uh, Dorian had upgraded. It was no longer a tropical storm. At one point, it was a... Hur- it was a the, so, there's five levels to hurricanes, if people don't know hurricanes. Um, one being the mildest, five being the most severe. And over the course of a couple of days, it went from one to two to three to four to five. And, um, you know, we would turn on the news on the ship. That's the, right. We'd watch um, you know, news on TV. And, like... Dorian was one of the main stories there was a major hurricane coming Uh, and we were watching it because we wanted to make sure that we could get back, because we had to get back we had to get to Chicago, get Rachel to school Um, and we were watching it and it sounded like it might be slow enough that maybe we could dock before it hit, but that's not how they work, it's not like there's a hurricane tonight, well we'll we'll shut down down the, the port, you know, like a few hours before the hurricane hits no it was a, There was a hurricane coming. They locked down the port. So we first heard some rumors. Uh, basically, the ship said, we're not sure what's going on. We'll get back to you. And they were very vague. Very vague. So we at one of the shows, while we were waiting for the show to start, we were talking to this woman who um, uh, travels all the time. And she was saying that, you know, through her contacts, uh, she had heard that... Um, the ship wasn't going to be able to dock on Sunday and that she, her sister was in fact on a different cruise ship and they were told that they would be multiple days and so that's the first time we got any inkling that we weren't going to be able to dock when we thought we were going to dock, which was problematic because our window to get Rachel to school was super thin um, so we were just waiting to hear, but it that's the first time we sort of heard, oh, odds are we're not docking on Sunday okay, next uh, planeswalkers and Future Sight. So the original plan, when I was working on Future Sight, one of the people on my team was Macavada, and Macavada had had made a pitch for the idea that he thought Magic should have Planeswalker cards. That the Planeswalker characters were the most important things in the stories, but they weren't a real, they weren't a key part of the game. Like, yeah, every once in a while we'd reference them on cards, like you know, it's Urza's glasses. Oh, Urza's a Planeswalker. Uh, and every once in a while, maybe we see them on a card, but it they they weren't really part of the game in an organic way. And Matt's pitch is, part of the way to make Planeswalkers really mean something is to make Planeswalkers actual cards. So, we are committed to making Planeswalker cards. Um, in fact... The the story of Time Spiral block was a big reset where we were kind of depowering the Planeswalkers so that we could tell stories with because the Planeswalkers in early Magic were like gods they they could create worlds and they could kind of do anything they wanted and it just it's hard telling stories when your main characters are gods um, you know uh, you know omnipotent gods so the idea of the whole Time Spiral story was that there was a uh break in the multiverse, and in order to sort of fix it, um, people had to sort of give up their sparks, and so it was a way for us to reset. And sort of, we were going to make new Planeswalkers and um, tell a whole set of story with just d- sort of depowered Planeswalkers that were, yeah, they were they could walk between worlds and they had new magic, but not quite at a level they weren't they weren't you know godlike. Um, so the plan had been: future sight was we were hinting at the future. Right? There was a... Uh, time travel block had cards from the past, and this bonus sheet were cards from the past, and then we had cards in um, plane of Chaos from an alternate present, and then we had cards from p- potential futures was the idea. So we decided we were going to make Planeswalker cards and put them into Future Sight. So the original plan was we're going to have three of them in Future Sight. We're going to have a black, a green, and a blue. Um, and so we made them, uh, and what happened was the earliest version of the Planeswalkers... <coughs> Richard had made these things for Ravnica um, called structures. That the idea they they represented like buildings. We didn't have using there's too much going on in Ravnica, but I liked what structures were. I liked the idea of structures, and the idea was they sat there and you could attack them with creatures, and you did enough damage you could destroy them. Um, but they they sort of just had an effect, and so I liked that idea, and I thought I brought that idea over to Planeswalkers, and then we wanted the Planeswalkers to have some agency to do something. So the original version we made of them, they did three things. Turn one, they would do the first thing. Turn two, they would do the second thing. Turn three, do the third thing. So for example, the green one, which would later become Garrick, um, turn one, it would make uh, a wolf. And then turn two, it would double all wolves. And turn three, it would give all wolves plus three, plus three, and, and trample, I think. Um, but the problem was, let's say you made a wolf and your opponent destroyed the wolf. Turn one, I make a wolf. Okay, and I put it, you know, destroys the wolf. Turn two, I double all wolves, but I don't have any wolves, so it doesn't really do anything. Turn three, all my wolves get really big, but I have no wolves it doesn't do anything. It it made them feel kind of dumb. That It's kind of like, the, kind of like robots. Like, okay, well, that didn't go according to plan, but I, I my plan's in, in motion. What can I do to stop my plan now? Um, and we ended up shifting them to a thing in which you could choose what to do with them as the person who controls them, but there was loyalty was being gained and lost such that um, you had to kind of build up to do the big thing, the ultimate. And so, instead of the, the Planeswalkers kind of naturally building up, you, you we gave you options, but you you had this plan to sort of build up to something that you could build up to. Um, anyway, we did not finish the Planeswalkers in time. We did not think where they were at was was right yet, because they were still in the, ro- the robot form. Um, and so we made the calls to drop them and not do them in future sight. And Like, work on them and make sure we get them right before we premiere them. And so, they ended up premiering in Lorwyn, so the next set. We did on um, Tarmogoyf... Uh, Tarmogoyf cares about the different types of permanents you have in your graveyard. We did reference both Tribal and Planeswalker, which were things that we knew were coming in Lorwyn. Um, So, we did hint at Planeswalker as a card type, but we didn't actually have any Planeswalker. So, we we had a sort of... We made the conscious decision of... This is going to be important. We want to do it right. Let's spend the time to get it right. And we did. Um, by the way, the robotic planeswalkers would be the foundation of where we ended up doing um, uh, sagas. Sagas, a lot of the, the, the idea came from, the thing we liked about that, the, the problem we had with the planeswalkers was it made the planeswalkers not of agency, but a story, like there's just a story. There's, a, there's an order to the story. So if the story goes awry, well, that's the story. That's how the story goes. Um, although we did we were a little more careful on Sagas to try to make sure that if something gets derailed that it still meant something. But anyway, that was Planeswalkers Future Site. Okay. So we heard rumors that we maybe weren't docking. They were very vague early on, um, because they didn't want to tell us until they knew. Uh and then eventually they came back and they said, Okay, um, we're not gonna be able to dock on Sunday. We know that we're not gonna be able to dock on Sunday. Um, so for sure, for sure, for sure, we're not going back on Sunday. Uh, and they said, okay, we admit to that. We're not going back on Sunday. And so um, <coughs> we'll let you know when we think we can dock. So we had access to Wi-Fi. Uh, one of the things that we had, uh, I had purchased for my family, knowing my family, was I got us Wi-Fi. Uh, for those that don't have teenage children, uh, they cannot live without Wi-Fi. And so, and I knew I wanted to do stuff like get on blog talk and you know, even though I was on vacation, um, there's a lot of waiting around. Like we did a lot of a lot of trivia, and there were shows, and there's a lot of activities. In fact, our days were full of activities. But usually, it's like go to the place, sit around, you know, get a seat, sit around for 20 minutes, and then do the activity. Um, and so I had a lot of downtime. So I knew that I would like the internet, so I could do stuff like answer my answer my blog and stuff. Um, also, the previews for Throne of Eldraine, uh, I had gone down. Um, had I I done, did I do a podcast on that? I don't think I did. Um, oh, something I will have to do a podcast on. Um, actually, I don't know whether or not, um, I don't know whether or not you have heard it before you heard this one or after this one. Um, but I, we went down and shot a video. I don't actually, I don't think I've yet recorded it. But in the, in the, in the power of me changing the order of things, you might have already heard this podcast. I don't know. But, um, I had to go down to do, uh, I did a, um, a video down in um, L.A. and uh, for Throne of Eldraine. I went, and it was Jimmy Wong and um, Cynthia Shepard. Um, anyway, there's a whole other podcast all about it that you might have already listened to. Um, and uh, that thing was going—I was supposed to get back on Tuesday night. So my first day back at work was going to be Wednesday, which was, by the way, the first day for my kids' school. That we were going to go— uh, Rachel's going to start her first day on Tuesday we were leaving on Tuesday after we got her moved in and then on um, Wednesday we'd be back, the kids would start their school and I would have my first day at work and that was previews for um, that was previews for Thorn of Eldraine, the, the beginning of the previews the, the video that we shot um, anyway, I really wanted to see response to Thorn of Eldraine. I'm obviously very happy with Thorn of Eldraine. I, I, it's very exciting to see, when players first get to see stuff I like to read that and so anyway I, anyway, I wanted Wi-Fi the kids wanted Wi-Fi we had Wi-Fi so we we had to start making some plans the problem was we couldn't call anybody um, we had Wi-Fi which meant I could email people and I could text people if I had their phone number uh, although the weird thing is because I was on uh, not the text didn't even work with everybody I, I think I had to text people that had iPhones but anyway um, we were limited in who we could contact and how we could contact them. And so, like, our plans had to change. Obviously, we had a flight leaving Seattle going to Chicago. Um, and we, had a pl- we were at a flight leaving Chicago coming back on Tuesday night. So, anyway, we weren't sure what was going on. So, the first disarray was we sort of had to make backup plans, but we didn't quite know... Like, if Rachel was going to be late to school, she had to tell her teachers. But we didn't know if she would be late to school. And if the kids were late to school, we had to tell their teachers. And Anyway, so a chaos a-brewing. Okay, the next set where things didn't go according to plan was Scars of Mirrodin. So, uh, the original plan for Scars of Mirrodin was it was going to be new Phyrexia. And it was all about coming to this world where the Phyrexians had taken over. And only at the end of the block, in sort of a Planet of the Eighth style moment... Did you realize that it's Mirrodin? Oh, no, it's Mirrodin. Um That was the plan. <clears throat> uh, I had a lot of problems. There was a lot... Of, like, I was trying to bring the Frexians to life, and I did a lot of cool things, but I didn't understand where the block was going. Like, I felt like we were, we were beginning at the end of the story. And like, where do you go? You know, and I was trying to do the block planning, and I I, I really was having trouble. Um, in, in fact, so much so... That I have, I mean, I've done a whole podcast on this, but I had a meeting with Bill where Bill was like, If things don't shape up, I'm going to replace you as the lead of the set. Things just aren't working. And, but Bill gave me this pep talk. He goes, But I know you can do it. You know, you're the best we got. You can do this, you know. And so that's when I went off and I said, Hey, I think we're doing the wrong story. I said, I think we're, we had this really interesting story where a world the players know changes to, uh, uh, you know, the, like the bad guys come and take over the world. That seems really cool. Why are we starting after all the cool stuff? Like, why are we starting with it all over? Let's come to Mirrodin. Because when we had been in original Mirrodin, we'd actually planted the seeds that the Phyrexians were there. We had planned for this to become new Frexia. But I said, you know what's the cool part? Let's go back to Mirrodin and see the Phyrexians take over Mirrodin. And as I pitched this to Bill, Bill came up with the idea of, well, what if we don't know? What if there's a war we get back to and we realize the Phyrexians are there. The middle set's a war. Uh, well, I, I pitched the idea that, that, that we watched it fall, and Bill was like, well, what if the third set we didn't know the outcome? And we said, it's one of two different things. And so the way Scars and Mirrodin worked was with Scars and Mirrodin, then Mirrodin and Siege, so there was a war, and then either it was gonna be new Frexia, because the Frexins won, or it was gonna be Mirrodin pure, because Mirrodin won. And we didn't tell anybody, we actually advertised when you, When stores bought the set, we're like, well, either it's this or that. We're not telling you which it is. And stores bought it not knowing which set it was. Now, given it's a magic set and stores buy all the magic sets, so it wasn't a crazy ask. Um, But anyway, we made a major switch in what we were doing because I realized that just the path we were going down wasn't the right path. And I came back with a completely different path. And it ended up being a really cool path and made for, like... um, uh, M- Mirrodin received was one of our first pre- um, pre-releases that had this whole gimmick to it where you picked a side and there were different boosters and it really allowed us to reinvent and, 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 and Scars of Mirrodin is the start of the fifth age of design uh, where we really started thinking about um, it, the, the, how I started imbuing emotional stuff. Anyway, it really changed how we did magic design. Okay, back to the ship. So, uh, so they said not Sunday. Uh, and not Sunday eventually became, uh, we, well, so what happened was the hurricane came and it got to the Bahamas and it sat there. And, um, I think they originally said not Sunday, then, then they're like, uh, probably a few days. And then finally they said Wednesday. We're not going back till Wednesday. Now the good news was we didn't have to pay anything extra. Um, they just were going to... I think we, we docked off in Mexico. For, we, were, we went back to Cosmo for a couple days. Um, my family actually looked into flying out of Cozumel. The problem was there were so many ships that were there that it was very hard to get booking. Um, and I have a family of five. So, like, getting five tickets was tricky. And then the price was through the roof. <coughs> so we ended up staying on the ship. Um... So we knew that the earliest we were going to go back was Wednesday. That meant Rachel was going to miss some of her school. She had to write to her teachers. That meant Adam and Sarah were going to miss her school. We had to figure out a way to, to let their school know. Um, I was going to miss work. Laura was going to miss work. Like like all sorts of stuff were going on. And Now the good news was we were safe. We were far away from the hurricane. They knew exactly where it was. We were not where it was. We were in the calm waters of Cozumel, Mexico. Um, but there was a lot of stress and not quite knowing where things were and we had packed for 10 days we didn't pack for longer than 10 days so we ended up having to do some laundry and and, um the kids uh, like adam has some medication and you know there 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 is i had medication in fact numerous had medication that that we had only brought a certain number of days worth of medication and trying to figure out what we do with that and luckily for adam i brought a little bit extra but um i had brought extra of mine um Anyway, there was a lot, a lot to solve. Okay, next is Dark Ascension. So uh, I had actually not done the first and second set in... in, I have not done a lot of second sets in Magic. (coughs) I've done a bunch of first sets. I've done a bunch of third sets. I think Dark Ascension and depending on how you want to think of it, even tied to the two second sets I've done. Um, But traditional second sets, meaning the winter set, I think Dark Ascension is the only one I've ever done. So the idea was I'd wanted to do... um, the year after uh, Innistrad was going to be, what was it? It was Return to Ravnica. Uh, Ken Nagel was going to lead Return to Ravnica. So it allowed me to do back-to-back sets. Um, so Dark Ascension, I was really into the story of the humans falling prey to the monsters, because that was, like, things were, it started in Innistrad, things were bad. The monsters were attacking the humans, the humans were in trouble. And Dark Ascension had to be, the humans were on the brink of extinction. So I spent a lot of time and energy sort of making mechanics that played up how dire it was for the humans. And at one point, my lead developer, um, Tom Lepilli, came to me and said, look, I, I I get that you're playing up this idea of the humans, and I know they're the main characters from a story standpoint, but the set wants to be about something, not not about something. you know. And the, the, the selling point of the set can't be um, humans are in trouble. You know, that, and he made me realize that I... I wasn't thinking about, I, I was trying to match the story and the tone of the story, but it, but I said, oh, you know, it's right. What, what's the selling point of the set? What makes you excited for the set? And so what I realized was, well, if humans are in trouble, that meant who's in power? The monsters. So Dark Ascension, I switched and said, oh, monsters are awesome. Look how powerful the monsters are. And, uh, that's when I came up with Undying. Um, so it really meant the switch of how to think about the set rather than the set just being, oh, humans are in trouble, to the idea of monsters rule. And yes, that meant the humans were in trouble, but it really made a focus of, let's make some cool monsters. Why do, why do I want to buy this set? Because there's awesome, powerful monsters. Now, the humans, if you like humans, humans are in trouble, but guess what? There's a set coming later called Absinthe Destroyer, where the humans got got to win the day. If you like humans, we'll, 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 we'll get you there. Okay, so back to the ship. So, we had a scramble a lot, um... Uh, And also, we had to sort of tell people that we were late. And the other thing we tell people, we're trapped by the hurricane. People seem to think you're in the hurricane. Um, Like, you know, like our ship was, like, trapped in the middle of the hurricane. Never were. We're nowhere near the hurricane. They're very smart. They know where the hurricane is. They stay away from the hurricane. Um, You know, the the ships... There's a lot... I mean, the people who are... the, The captain and everybody, like, they spend a lot of time understanding the weather patterns. That's a very important part of their job. In fact... They stay away even where like it's rainy somewhere if they can. You know they 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 like to stay in clear open skies and not rough seas and stuff. Um, so anyway, uh, we start hearing like we were watching every day we we're watching the news and Hurricane Dorian is just not moving. Uh, I remember there's like one or two days where it was going under one mile an hour, and like this isn't good. If I can walk faster than than the hurricane, and it, it stayed on the Bahamas. For those that remember this story, it stayed on the Bahamas. So like the Bahamas were just getting pummeled by a category five hurricane and it just wasn't moving. So for the sake of Bahamas and the sake of us, we're like, come on, come on hurricane, let's get going. But it was clear the hurricane was not going anywhere. And like I said, uh, they had picked up more food and stuff. of places to be trapped during a hurricane, a luxury cruise is not a horrible place. I mean, there are a lot of logistical things to figure out. We didn't have clean clothes and medicine and stuff like that. So there was, there was things we had to figure out. But in general, we you know we had gourmet meals and we had activities. And anyway, it was a lot of fun. I actually p- proposed some activities. They were running out of things to do because they'd run through other their neural activities. And so I actually proposed a game or two that they actually did. Um, so anyway. Um, next is Theros. So the story of Theros is... When I first made the seven-year plan, made the plan for that year, that year was not Theros. We were not doing Greek mythology. I'd actually pitched a world where we went to this prehistoric world, and the second set was the same world, but thousands of years later, and the third set was the same world, but thousands of years later. And the idea is you'd watch the evolution of this world. Uh right before we were about to begin it, Brady came and said, look, we don't have the resources to do this from the creative team, this is making basically making three different worlds when you advance thousands of years it doesn't look the same and while, yes it's maybe not exactly three worlds it's two and a half worlds, you know, there's a lot of work that needs to be done, we're not staffed up to do that, ironically we are now staffed up to be able to do three worlds that was not the case at the time so Brady said, look What if we do? Brady actually was the one that said, um, We've been talking forever about doing Greek mythology. What if we do Greek mythology? And, you know, Marx was saying, Wanting to find a place to do enchantments. You know, maybe there'd be some synergy between enchantments and Greek mythology. So Brady pitched, What if we did Greek enchantments and uh, Greek mythology inspired world and enchantment, you know, not enchantment matters, but an enchantment focus? Um, And I said, Okay. And I had to figure out what that meant. I did obviously, um, but that was that was a big deviation from from where we started. <laughs> um, okay, so the hurricane's not moving. Um, we're scrambling, we're, and the other thing is, um, we we made changes. We made all our changes with our flights and stuff. We moved it to Wednesday because like, okay, we're getting back on Wednesday. But now so it sounds like we're not getting back on Wednesday, and we we got the same thing again. Where at first it's like. Uh, we're going to be back on Wednesday. Maybe we'll be back on Wednesday. We're going to try to get back on Wednesday. And then they're like, yeah, we're not getting back on Wednesday. Um, they eventually said, okay, we're now going to try to get back on Thursday. But we had made flights for Wednesday uh, and we called up the um, our travel agent. She's like, we're not, we didn't call her up, but we, uh, we had to go through um, email. But we email her and she's like, look, I changed it once and they didn't charge you. I don't know if I can change it again. Um, and she goes, There's a storm, they're probably gonna shut down the airport. Probably means I can change it once, but I can't change it multiple times. So we sort of had to hold back and we didn't know, you know, we had to kind of figure out what we we're gonna do. Uh, and once again, we didn't know when we we're gonna actually land because we're watching this hurricane and it's going crazy slow. Uh, and so we didn't know, we're gonna know when, when we we're getting back. Next, Khansa Tarkir. So Khansa Tarkir. I built uh, a world with four clans. Like, we had come up with the idea of the time travel story, and he's going to go back in time, and was going to save it. All that had gotten figured out. But I originally built it with four clans, and it was kind of what would later be the Ixalan model. Two, two two-color clans and two three-cower clans. And then uh, Brady came to me and said, the creative team had come up with a fifth clan. Could we do a fifth clan? They really liked wanting to include this fifth clan. Uh, and that required completely redoing everything. Uh, and we ended up... That's how we got a wedge set. It did not start as a wedge set. It started as more like this uneven faction set with, you know, two and three-color factions that I was experimenting with. Um, and that ended up becoming a wedge set when it was not a wedge set. Uh, I'm speeding these along because I'm not super far from work. Um, that's why I'm speeding this along. That's why The earlier stretch are a little bit longer. Um, okay, so they say Thursday. Um, we talk to... We communicate with our... A- and... There's, there's a flight. There's a, the late flight Thursday at 3 o'clock. Oh, so the thing we had figured out was we still needed to get Rachel to college. Um, the backup move date, like we were going to move her in the weekend before, but they for people that got there late Saturday was going to be a move date. It's like, okay. So we, we rearrange everything. We said, okay, we're going to... Originally the plan was we're going to fly to Chicago on Wednesday. We'll stay there for the weekend. We'll come back Sunday so that the kids can be back for their second week of school. We already ridden off the first week of school for the kids. Sorry, Um, I'm fine. There's a little water there, my car slid a little bit, but I'm okay. That's why you heard for those that think I'm in a studio. I'm not. Um, Anyway, uh, so we tentatively had a flight that we could do on Thursday, uh, but we couldn't actually book it because they hadn't yet committed it to being Thursday. Um, But uh, we were planning to go to Chicago. Uh, and it just was a matter of when we got to the airport. The problem was if we booked too late, we'd miss the window of getting the flight because, oh, the, the airport had shut down because of the hurricane. So getting flights was tricky because everything was filling up. Um, and so we didn't know, like, we, we didn't want to miss the, the, the flight on Thursday, um, but if we also if we got delayed and didn't end up on Thursday, then we would have to pay money to change our flight, and so we were figuring for that. Okay, next, Ixalan. So Ixalan, I've told the story, but the quick version of it is, I was planning to use a mechanic that Richard had made. Uh, Richard made a mechanic in uh, Vampire the Eternal Struggle called the Edge, which it was something that only one person had, and that you could take it from other players, then you had it. And it it gave you uh, special abilities in the game. So we were planning to, I wanted to use the Edge mechanic. When they first pitched Ixalan, they pitched it as a two-sided faction. I said, change it to a three-sided faction, and let's fight over resources, and I'll use an Edge mechanic. But then Sean Maine ended up making the Monarch for Conspiracy, Take the Crown. He didn't really, He didn't have a good backup. And even though I thought we could make it work, I, I'd done some pre-testing and it worked well. I thought we could use it in um, in Ixalan. Um, Aaron ended up making the call that we were going to do it in Conspiracy. So I started Ixalan Design with everything I'd planned, everything I'd done in um, Exploratory had been thrown out of the window because... Conspiracy, take the crown. Was going to use the Monarch mechanic. I couldn't use the Edge, and so in Ixalon, I ended up. Um, we ended up adding a fourth faction, uh, and then I, I modeled it after the way I had originally done cons with two two-color factions and two three-color factions. I realized that the, uh, that there were going to be dinosaurs and they're going to be pirates, which both were exciting things that were new. So I came up the idea of doing something tribal. Um, and so that, that set was completely made on the fly. Like, everything we had planned, a lot of it had gone out the window. And so we had to revamp a lot of things. I had to move things early on. I think the dinosaurs weren't in a three-color faction. And so we had to move them because the two new. The idea of having factions of different size colors was, well, two of them were new and different and two of them we had done before. So we moved the exciting... sort of the ones you'd never seen before into the three-color factions, giving you more options of how to play dinosaurs and how to play pirates. Um, but that was Ixalan. So anyway, um, finally, uh, late, like Wednesday, they commit to Thursday and they didn't know whether we'd get an early on Thursday or late on Thursday. Like they said, somewhere between 6 a.m. and noon. So we booked the latest flight, which was 3 p.m. out of Orlando saying, okay, we don't want to miss the flight because we don't have a lot of time. We got to move Rach. We got to get there. Um... So we booked the latest flight. It turns out we actually booked at like 7 a.m. We got to the airport super early. In fact, we couldn't even sign in for our flight because you can only sign in four hours before your flight. And we got there like four hours and 20 minutes before our flight. So we actually had to wait like 20 minutes to even get our tickets. Um, but we did that uh, and we managed to actually, on Thursday, uh, four days, we were supposed to get in on Sunday. We, we ended up getting on Thursday. So our, our seven day cruise turned into an 11 day cruise. Uh, We had a great time. It was a lot of fun, but there was a lot of stress there. Uh, But we finally got back. Uh, My final story um, uh, is about War of the Spark. Uh, Originally, we had planned... It was an event set. I had this idea of playing a game that got overlapped on top of what you were doing. It's called Skirmish. And the idea was kind of like this tug-of-war game where there are certain things you could do to pull toward your direction. And if you ever got that all the way to the end, then you would score the Skirmish and get a reward. Um, and anyway, we played with that. So the, the design for War of was six months. This was uh, back when uh, it was milk and cookies. Anyway. Uh, and I think we were like three months in before I had Audible and say, okay, I, well, I think this might communicate war. Uh, it was not communicating planeswalkers because my whole talk was planeswalker war I had made planeswalker war and what the audience was expecting was planeswalker war and so we made the audible to change it and that's when we started figuring out how do we get lots of planeswalkers in so that was uh, midway through we completely changed it okay to, f- to wrap up my story because um, I'm almost at work here uh, we went to Chicago Uh, We had a chance to eat a bunch of deep dish pizza, which my family loves. Uh, We got Rachel moved in. We actually were able, luckily, to move her in on Friday. Um, And because we're the only people moving her in, uh, we had to put her stuff in storage. And there were four... They will loan you... The the college will loan you these giant big boxes on wheelies. Uh, And uh, four of us took four boxes. And we managed to move her all in one giant swoop, which we never would have done on a normal moving day. Uh, But because nobody was moving, because it was, after everybody was done, we were able to move her in and move her in actually pretty quickly. Uh, And we were able to spend uh, Friday and Saturday sort of unpacking and getting her moved in, setting everything up, and there's a lot of stuff that had to get set up. So, anyway, we, we had a good time in Chicago. We actually ended up having an extra day in Chicago because our original plans we were getting in Sunday leaving Tuesday, meaning we were only there for sort of two days, two and a half, one and a half days. And we ended up getting in on Thursday and leaving on Sunday. So we actually got an extra whole day in Chicago. We got to see... I had some relatives who live in Chicago, so I got to see some, some of my relatives. Um, and anyway, uh, it turned into a very long trip. In fact, my daughter, uh, Sarah, my younger daughter, when we were um, coming back, she goes, this is the longest vacation we've ever been on. And she's like, I enjoyed it, but... It was a little long. And I go, well, yeah, it's a little long. It wasn't quite planned that way. So anyway, that is the story of my vacation to the Caribbean that ended up being not quite what I had planned. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. A little, a little, mixing a little magic with a little, a little of my own story. And we had enough traffic that I was able to get through the whole thing. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoy it. But instead of me talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. So, uh, I'll... What, I, I'm, I'm my own ending. Uh, anyway, that talk magic time me make magic. So see you guys next time. Bye bye.